You're listening to Alcoholics Alive, where recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous share their experience on how they live AA as a way of life. None of our participants get paid or speak for AA. Here are your hosts, Shank and Wayne. Hey, welcome back to Alcoholics Alive. Shank, we've got... Um, one thing we got to clean up from our second episode with, um, or the last episode with Shelly on meeting shrapnel. Mm-hmm. The one of them was acceptance is the answer to all my problems. Shh. Yep. Yep. And Shelly wanted to keep it because it was so helpful to you when you were in prison, or uh, was it in prison where that you read that one? Every day. Okay. Well. Um, I think we decided to scrap it and then somebody said they wanted to pray on it. So we've gotten some <laughs> feedback. We've gotten some feedback from some of the listeners and I think the jury is still out. I'm, it's I'm scrapped. still, it's scrapped. That, okay. Good. Cause it's not a very accurate statement. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Not the two days, two pages before and two pages after of where That's it exists. Right. Exactly. That's right. Well, well, so that was our, that was our guest. We're excited to, um, to have our guest on today. He's, uh, well, he's in, in Florida right now. It looks like with a very beautiful background <laughs> on the Zoom. So, Bill, how are you today? I'm good. It's good to be here. Yep. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm Billy. I'm an alcoholic. Um, I am. Uh, I never wanted to be 57 years old, but I am. Um, <laughs> I am every day of it. Uh, I've been in AA since I've been 14 years old, which is a big percentage of my life now. Uh, first came to AA uh, through a juvenile court judge. Thought it might be a good idea if I attended some AA meetings. I'm the product of a Al-Anon mother. Um, you know, I love your, whatever you call it, shrapnel, scrap or keep. Because um, a lot of people in AA say that their worst day, that there's nothing worse than a head full of AA and a belly full of booze. Whereas I say there's nothing worse than a belly full of booze and your mother's head full of Al-Anon, right? I mean, that's <laughs> my story. Right. Um, yep. But, you know, I uh, I come from an alcoholic family, a family that has lots of trouble, but that doesn't make me an alcoholic. Um, raised in a pretty standard uh, neighborhood, middle, upper middle class, dad, an undercover narcotics agent, mom, a stay-at-home mom. Um, by everything I witnessed growing up, I should have not drank. I knew that drinking led to trouble in my family. And, uh, but yet still, uh, when I drank, I can't stop drinking. I've had that allergy. Uh, it's another phrase I can't stand, you know, uh, you guys got me on a kick now in my head, you know, um, good, <laughs> you know, once a pickle, never a cucumber. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I can't make t-shirts because I've spoken too badly about people who make t-shirts and write books and everything else. But, uh. <laughs> If I was going to go to the next international convention and sell T-shirts, it would say, never a cucumber. Like, I've never been a cucumber, <laughs> you know? Never been right. a cucumber. I've had that allergy since the beginning. I was in and out of AA all through my teenage years up until my young 20s. Uh, it's so funny you have put this in my head, you know, because some people say, insanity is doing the same thing over again, expecting different results. I don't believe that for me is insanity is doing something and knowing what's going to happen and still doing it. Like if I drink, there's no surprise. I'm not expecting any different results. I know it is going to be catastrophic and I know how those nights end up. And, um, you know, uh, I was 37 or 38 years old the first time I renewed a driver's license. And I remember being in the motor vehicle department, looking at other people around me on the special 
line just to renew your license. And I remember thinking to myself, like, boy, most of these other people did this like when they were 21. I could never, ever keep a driver's license for longer than four years, ever. I couldn't keep one for longer than three months. Like, I have been in and out of the system regarding various alcohol-related things my entire life. Now, I got sober in 1990. Um, I've been an active member of Alcoholics Anonymous since then. Um, and I am uh, grateful. I don't blame anyone for my teenage years. I don't think anyone was hiding the big book from me. Actually, I was the kind of kid where if I saw you get out of your car in a church parking lot with your own big book, I knew you were the AA Taliban and not to talk to you, <laughs> right? Like to just stay away from you. And uh, I've had a great AA life with the ups and downs that every other human being has. I've had financial, marital, all the ups and downs. Um, but I've been given a program of recovery where the power of the steps is, is that I don't have to pick up a drink to face those problems. And um, I'm a big believer in AA service. Um, we have an upside down triangle in AA and I've gotten to start at the top and go to the bottom and be promoted back to the top again. And I've seen AA from Russia to Spain, to England, to Ireland, to Canada, to Mexico, to so many countries. I've traveled on behalf of Alcoholics Anonymous as a member of the board of trustees. And, um, you know, today I have to, I remember something a man told me a long time ago that um, balance is a dangerous word for alcoholics. Um, I need to be in tune with life, as Tom said. In tune with life is what we need. Um, cutting back on my recovery has never been an answer to any of my problems. So um, that's a little bit about me. All right, Billy. Appreciate that. You got me thinking, man. I am glad my mom was not in Al-Anon. Oh my goodness, I would have never. I, <laughs> oh, it's it's the worst. Wow, that has got to be bad. Oh my goodness, thank you for that for your experience there, Shank. What's our topic today? Our topic today is tradition three. So tradition three, long form, states our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. Hence, we may refuse none who wish to recover. Nor ought AA membership ever depend upon money or conformity. Any two or three alcoholics gathered together for sobriety may call themselves an AA group, provided that, as a group, they have no other affiliation. And then the short form that we typically read in meetings is the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. So, being that um, you said that you looked at some new people with their book, Here's our first question. In my mind, do I prejudge some new AA members as losers? Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> listen, I, I, I love that question. Um, I might not be a biggest, the biggest fan of that checklist. Mm -hmm. um, but I will tell you that um, it's amazing. You know, there's nothing worse than a healthy body and a sick mind, you know? And probably the problem with people who get sober young. But, you know, when when somebody sits next to me in a meeting or I say hello to coming into a meeting. It's the ultimate definition or reason for tradition three. Is that I say it all the time, you know, if I have I have a few pet peeves about modern day AA, right? I'm sure everybody does. My biggest pet peeve in the service structure is how we talk about diversity and inclusion is new. This <laughs> tradition was a hundred years ahead of times. Mm -hmm. I work as an executive in the professional world for a large company. AA was a hundred years ahead of itself. This was not popular at the time. When this tradition was written, it was still illegal for members of the same sex to be married to each other. It was still illegal for certain groups of people to gather together publicly if they were of different race. This tradition was the ultimate leveling field. 
when you sit next to me in a meeting, it doesn't matter if you're homeless, a criminal, a banker. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic, Jew, Muslim. It doesn't matter if you're a non-believer. And as I always say, it doesn't even matter if you're a Red Sox fan. My job is to extend <laughs> my hand and welcome you to the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, I think we all know if we say to ourselves, you look across the room at a new person who you haven't met yet, whatever you prejudge, you're going to be wrong about. For sure. And, and I know myself, it's a rule that I have. There's two kinds of business in AA, my business and none of my business. And if I don't have the time to go out to a diner and spend an hour with somebody and get to know them, well, anything about them is none of my business. Yep. Well, that ties in nicely, moving right along here to our next question is, do I let language, religion, or lack of it, race, education, age, or other such things interfere with my carrying the message? So I think you've beautifully described, like, no, you don't. How about you, Jerry? Well, I, when you read that, the first thing that popped in my mind was um, I'm trying to think the year. It was probably 92, 93. I, was, um, I had started sponsoring this guy. He was, he was a Muslim. And um, and he was black and he was incarcerated. And this facility let me come in and actually meet with this guy one on one, which was extremely unusual. It had never happened up to that point. And I couldn't have been any more different than that guy. And I never once really had a, a concern or a, uh, a question or a comment about his his religion and his his teachings and what he was doing and me and that guy got on the floor one time on our knees and did a did a third step prayer together we almost i almost got locked up for it because the, the, they they let us we were in this room and there was glass there and there was a guard that was kind of like watching but he wasn't watching but man when he saw me and that guy get down on our knees to pray <laughs> God, <laughs> he busted in there and he's like what are y'all doing i'm like we're just down here praying and it, it worked out fine. So, uh, you know, guy stayed sober. As far as I know, he's still sober today. Um, so I, I, I personally, I, I don't, I mean, I, I've sponsored people for years. We've never had a conversation about religion. We've, I've, we've never had a conversation about what our political views are. Now I've got people that I sponsored that I know all that, but there are people where it's, I mean, I've, it, it's just not part of the equation. Sometimes if, you know, if a, if a person wants help, my job is to help them and uh, to not have any of those uh, conversations. So I carry the message. It's that guy that came, go ahead. It, it, it's interesting that, the one I come up against the most, I think, is age. Um, truthfully, in my experience in Alcoholics Anonymous, no one doubts somebody's an alcoholic based on a lot of things, except for age. I actually got asked to take a trustee from another country up to GSO, and I left my office in New York City at the time and got on the subway with them and he asked me my story. I told him it in about 10 minutes. And I said, hey, are there are a lot of young people's meetings in your country. And he said, nah, we don't have any. And I said, oh, I said, that's interesting. And then he looked at me and said, teenagers can't be alcoholic. <laughs> and I sat there. I was kind of hurt at first, like, wow, you just heard my story. Um, you know, we have to be very careful. Um I don't want to make someone who's a non-alcoholic an alcoholic. I'm not in the numbers game to in, to build up the AA army. But we also have to realize that this tradition was written that any alcoholic, and, and that's probably, you read the short and the long form, and the short form fit on a 
they fit nice on a chart in the front of the wall. But, you know, as people said about the steps, if you work the steps off the wall, you have an off the wall program. Yeah. Same with the traditions. The last paragraph of tradition three says the hand of Providence gave us a sign that any alcoholic is a member of AA when they say they are, you know, any alcoholic that has a desire to stop drinking. And it's amazing in today's AA, the effects of that all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty clear. If you're alcoholic, you can be a member no matter what your other problems are or lack of. And no uh, doubt about it. Yeah. It's one of, it's probably one of the main reasons for our success, but it seems like to, to you, we could get off on the tangent here, but to one of your points earlier, it seems like we've gone backwards in some cases with this. And yeah, I mean, I would tell you that tradition 10 is an offshoot of tradition three. No outside issues is a way to make sure that we focus on alcoholics um, and, and that should be, you know, I always say, you know, everyone knows I love Metallica. So I love to quote Metallica, nothing else matters. Like that's nothing else matters. You're an alcoholic. That's it. And, you know, AA struggled for a lot of years, you know, uh, certain um, meetings that only had certain races in them and all kinds of things. AA has grown up with the world around it. But uh, today, sometimes I think, yes, um, we let things bleed into our meetings that and when I say meeting, I just want to clarify, I consider the parking lot as spiritual as the meeting. So if you won't say it in a meeting, keep it out of the AA parking lot. You know, we don't need to be signing petitions or talking about rallies or wearing baseball hats. Um, That's right. This is really about the newcomer. The newcomer needs to know that they have a place to recover if they're an alcoholic. Yeah, that, that's right. What's your next question, Shane? Am I overly impressed by a celebrity, by a doctor, a clergyman, an ex-convict, or can I just treat this new member simply and naturally as one more sick human like the rest of us? So I would say I am not overly impressed. Um, you know, there are there are some people who would who get so upset. Maybe I did way back in the day if someone identified themselves as something other than an alcoholic. Right. And uh, uh, an, an old timer taught me a lesson and said, you know, Billy. You can straighten that out with them and spend time with them, but I don't believe anything a newcomer tells me for a year. So why are you getting so upset about about what they're saying? And so when you say about celebrities and movie stars and athletes and doctors and whoever else, I've met all of them. Um, I'm not impressed. In fact, if I were to go out on a limb, I would tell you that status and intelligence, if God invented one place where they will hurt you, it's Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm Mm-hmm. I actually have sponsored some people in the categories you described. One of them told me he couldn't sit in the back of the room with a baseball hat and a hood and just come in and out of AA like it was a therapy meeting. Like he needed to take his hat off, his hood down. He needed to become a greeter. He needed to show up a half hour early. If some other AA member came to that meeting to give him a screenplay, he just needed to let that AA member know that's not what he's there for. I have a good friend who's a lawyer who's sometimes on TV, and he says sometimes people approach him and say, hey, I need a lawyer, and he's come up with a good answer, which is, no, you need a law firm with the kind of problems you have. I'm simply a a, a one lawyer. But... Uh, The beauty of Alcoholics Anonymous is meeting people where they are and not treating them different. Yeah. Yeah, we had a... um, We had a celebrity come into our group. It's been several years ago. And he, he came two towns over to our group 
on purpose because he was he was he was he was having a hard time staying sober and he, so he comes to our group and one of our members just got starstruck with the dude and wouldn't leave him alone and i i mean he just wore the guy out the first night he came and i talked to him i'm like hey listen you need to leave this guy alone he's just another aa member he wants to he just wants to be treated the same and the, the next week the guy shows up and I swear this guy asked him for his autograph and maybe even brought in some memorabilia. And I'm like, dude, you've got this. And the guy quit coming. And it's, um, you know, people just, they're just alcoholics. You know, I, I'm more impressed that Susie got sober than I am that that guy got sober. <laughs> and, exactly. You know, I'm like you. I mean, I, I mean, I've helped, people in these categories and they don't want to be treated any differently. They just want to, they just want help. And, um, it is true though, that sometimes you have elevated status, you know, if you're like an ex con or, uh, if you, you know, the worse you are, it's like the, 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 the more status you have in Alcoholics Anonymous, but yeah, it's the only place where the worse you are, the more we love you, you know, you know, I yeah. don't know what it's like to be a woman in AA, but I know what it's like to be a young guy. You know, you'll yeah. never be as hot as you were than when you were a disaster, right? <laughs> that's that's uh, everything yeah. goes down from there. But I will say this too: on a flip side, we have to be careful with fame inside Alcoholics Anonymous too. Mm-hmm. For sure, and I speak very honestly about that. I've spoken at a convention or two, but I can tell you. If someone asks me to sign their big book, I have one answer for them. Are they asking everybody at the convention to sign it or only the speakers? That is the weirdest it, thing I've ever If heard. it's only the speakers, I'm not going to sign it. No. I'm just not going to. Yeah, I, I don't I don't sign big books. You get asked about it. It's kind of it's strange. It's very strange. Shank, you got any more questions for us? I don't. Do y'all have anything else you want to talk about? Well, what about uh? So, can a non, a non-alcoholic, somebody that does not have a drinking problem, be a member of Alcoholics Anonymous? No, and and what I would say is this: you know, the best literature for for these traditions are obviously the twelve and twelve, but I would say that most of us would say that if you haven't gone through the big book, it would be hard to go through the steps. I would tell you, if you've not read AA comes of age, you can't understand the traditions. Um, it's this equivalent to the big book regarding the steps and the traditions and, um, you know, problems other than alcohol, the small pamphlet and the large one, the traditions illustrated. I love the questions and problems other than alcohol, because most people know when you write GSO, you get some kind of gray, muddy answer, with no real position, but not yep. in that pamphlet. It yep. says if you're a non-alcoholic with no genuine drinking history, you can't be. And um, that's why I said I'm not in the business to make um, non-alcoholics. I actually think the best definition, believe it or not, is in the service manual. Um, it's hidden away. Um we have 14 alcoholic trustees and seven non-alcoholic. Most, a lot of people know that, but the definition in the service manual for, to be a class B trustee is uh, it says, because in common speech of man, an ex alcoholic is an individual who at one time imbibed alcoholic beverages excessively and uncontrollably, but now does not imbibe at all. And one of the issues Mm -hmm. that I see in today's AA, and full disclosure, I have served as a uh, non-addict in in another fellowship's board. Um, I don't have that particular addiction. And amazing to me, like so many alcoholics who have a spiritual experience as a result of the 12 steps think they can help anybody instead of getting to them to the place where their life could be saved, like mine was in Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. You really, we're really doing those, those people a disservice and you'll hear things. And I like your term today's AA uh, where, you know, we're telling non-alcoholics to basically change the words and 
change what you're thinking inside and just say you're alcoholic so you can be here. And you know, that's not, that's not doing anybody, uh, helping anybody at all. As a matter of fact, it's doing those other fellowships a disservice by not having that person in there helping, helping those new people. We had this, um, this guy that tried to help me get sober before I came to Alcoholics Anonymous through a church. He showed up at, at my home group one time with his daughter, who was 18 years old, who was a, she was a pure crack addict. She had never drank in her life. And you used to see that quite a bit in the early 90s, actually. But AA members would say, oh, there, there's no such of a thing. And anyway, he brought her to the meeting one night and a couple of ladies in the group were over at the literature rack with her and trying to talk to her. And I overheard it. And she's like, well, I've never drank before. I just, you know, I just, I smoke crack. And this one girl told her, Hey, that's fine. Just, just say you're alcoholic so you can be here. You, there's better recovery here than other places. And I, I actually intervened. I, I said, listen, I said, I got with her dad and with her. And I was like, if you truly have never drank and you're not an alcoholic, then, there's a better fellowship for you. And a couple of us took her to an NA meeting and we introduced her to some NA people and, you know, she did fine. But to, you know, to tell people to, to lie, cause we've got a better message. That's just, that's not in the spirit. Well, it's, it's, you know, I asked those AA members who put down other fellowships and meetings. One's, you know, if they're truly an active AA member, they're going to admit to me they've been to a bad AA meeting or two. Uh, and that's right. Our egos as the Holy Grail mothership of 12 step fellowships. The truth is. There's just as many people in other fellowships who are active, passionate members, and I need to have their numbers yep. in my phone. That's right. I need to know my equal in those fellowships. That's exactly right. That's the proper way to handle that. The very effective way to handle that. And what by you, the way, uh, I would just I just want to say one thing. There's a great line in the big book in the forward to the second in the, the forward to the second edition where it says clearly it says the doctor meaning Dr. Bob had tried other methods meaning the Oxford group and repeatedly failed until the broker, meaning Bill W., told his story and he identified. The first half of the big book is all about identification. Yeah. Well, no identification, no recovery. You know, and I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're about. I mean, so what about, um, Going back to the comment or that we maybe have gone backwards a little bit with this tradition. And I think you're right that we, our traditions were way ahead of its time. I mean, you could even look now that a lot of companies and HR stuff was basically kind of designed after some of the traditions. The, I mean, so I know now there's meetings of color that have popped up. You know, there's there's meetings just for doctors. There's meetings just for um, the gay community. There's meetings just for men and just for women. And you know, what are your thoughts on that, Bill? So and it seems it um, seems like there it seems like there's more of them popping up because people want to like exclude themselves or exclude others. I, I think I have a very practical view. Um, without being any kind of extremist or alarmist. First of all, our literature, which I think is the ultimate answer, in the AA group pamphlet, it talks about special purpose meetings. But it puts a requirement on them for them to be in an AA group. And that is if any alcoholic shows up and is welcome. So I don't care. My home group is a men's meeting. But that means that if a woman shows up who needs help, if we want to continue ourselves to call ourselves an AA group, we better offer her a bad cup of coffee in an uncomfortable chair. 
<laughs> now, we're not talking about me. I've wanted to be in a woman's meeting for 32 years now, 34 years, right? We're not talking about me today. We're talking about someone who's dying. Yeah. If they're putting requirements that you have to be something other than an alcoholic, they should call themselves something other than Alcoholics Anonymous. Yep. Now, I'm not anti-pamphlet. I read a letter from a gay woman. She got sober in the Bible Belt. At her second meeting, she got up to go to a coffee, get coffee and walk past the pamphlet rack. She saw the gay and lesbian pamphlet in the rack. She wasn't even, she was too scared to even take it out of the rack. But just seeing it there let her know she was welcome in AA. So I don't doubt the power of that. But pamphlets, I don't know if you've ever watched any of those National Geographic shark uh, fishing shows. Every once in a while, I might watch one. I don't know anything about shark fishing. I've learned a little. But, you know, in shark fishing, they dump pails of fish blood into the water to attract yep. sharks. It's called chum. And that's, to me, what a pamphlet is. It's not the program of recovery. The big book's the program of recovery. So I think, you know, I sponsor young men. I will not let them only go to only young people's meetings. I don't even think it's a good idea for a young person to have another young person as a sponsor. I think there's an issue there. Um, but I do see us going back in time where all of a sudden people want to segregate races yeah. in meetings. Yeah. And I just think how dangerous that is. Yeah, I would agree. You, you're seeing it quite often nowadays. The thing that I... Um have a problem with with the pamphlets is we've done a whole season on the pamphlets and it was very informational and i've read many many more of them now is um if someone walks through the door and they want to feel included because that's the way society is currently going is if you're not included then that must mean that you're discluded i'm supposed to judge that person based on the way they look based on what i believe their sexual preferences or their background and say, oh, here's a pamphlet for you. You can be here. And for me, that just, I I don't like that. Like, I want to take and throw away all of the pamphlets at our group that have anything to do with something other than just being an alcoholic. And I'm not saying that there aren't people that probably need to see that. But in my home group, I would think that we need to do a better job of making sure that everyone knows you're a member of this tradition. Like if you have a desire to stop drinking, if you are an alcoholic, you can be here. And I would just say that that puts it more on the members. My, my, I, I have no issues under, this is probably the only tradition that I completely understood walking in the door because I don't have those. I did not do drugs. I didn't do anything else. I was 24 years old when I got here and ended up never been in trouble, ended up in prison behind drinking through my own actions and consequences so i understood this and when people would say to me it's kind of like the opposite like you know well no young person comes in here and only drink alcohol what do you mean like you've had to have done something else same to me um i spilled more alcohol than you drank yeah whatever the case may (laughs) be you know and so i have a good answer for that but i'm not allowed to say it on tape so um... well you can tell me later Maybe I'll I've tell heard you it. later. Um, but you know, and it was an issue for me. There were people that told me my time in prison didn't count because there weren't drugs. Oh, and alcohol don't even get me going down there. So you know, it was just it was it was really great for me to have women around me and some men, old timers, who taught me like, hey, this is what tradition three really means. Uh, now I've had trouble over the years because there have been women that I've sponsored that are not alcoholics who have been told just to change their verbiage and their story um, to be here because they would rather be an alcoholic than a drug addict or they would rather show up in AA for a period of time and get a little well. It sounds better. It looks better. I don't know. Um, But I've been raked across the coals before for just saying, like, I don't have experience with that. Like, there may be a common solution, but I don't think lying on the basis of trying to get sober is really going to get you anywhere. Um, The AA group pamphlet actually says, we don't hint or suggest 
that we have the answer to any other problem, including drug addiction. And, you know, it's sad. I think it's really sad. Again, it goes back to putting back down other fellowships. It won't bother me if AA is not the largest fellowship someday. Like, we don't have to be the largest. And truthfully, a sponsee just texted me a couple of weeks ago. This is going before COVID. They were the speaker seeker for their meeting, and there was a well-known good speaker in their area. But the speaker says from the podium, they're not an alcoholic. They really never drank. And my sponsee told this person, I have the text. Listen, I have nothing against you. It's just I have a responsibility to bring alcoholics to an Alcoholics Anonymous That's meeting. Right. And the person responded with some harsh criticism mm -hmm. saying that, you know, they don't care and they sponsor other people who aren't alcoholic. Unfortunately, that person died of an opiate overdose a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. Like, I don't think we realize that we're playing with someone's life. Mm -hmm. If you're an alcoholic, I like to say this regarding tradition three. We have a qualifier and no disqualifiers. If you're an alcoholic, we don't care what other problems you have. But if you're not an alcoholic, we need to get you to a place where you can identify that you'll feel hopeless enough to do the steps. And the hopeless can only be helped by someone who's been equally as hopeless. Yeah. And sure, some of our other problems go away. The book says that. So if you're an alcoholic and something else, might some of those problems go away? Yes, but I'm going to tell you an honest story. I know what it's like to be in a diner with a man who's eight years sober, who asked me to have a cup of coffee, who the day before just forged his wife's signature on a second mortgage application because he was thousands in debt to a bookie. And I had to let him know. You need to go to GA to gamble as anonymous. This is not one of those other problems that go in a way. It's much more than a character defect or a shortcoming. And it's so, it just breaks my heart when people don't get to the place that can save their life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good spot to stop right there, Shane. It Let's, sure is. Uh, one more thing. If, if you did not go to prison if you're only in a prison of your mind if you almost had to go um don't go up to the ex-convict and say that was my worst nightmare i can't believe you lived through that oh my <laughs> god i'll never drink again because of that story you just told don't do that thank you how about this <laughs> how about being on a how about being on a zoom meeting during the pandemic and someone says now I know what it's like to be incarcerated. And oh I was like, and I, and I said to the person, wait a minute. I just ground espresso beans and made French press coffee before I got on this meeting. It's a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad Shank wasn't on that. She would have, oh, she would have lost it. Oh yeah, my goodness. Probably Let, let's move on to meeting shrapnel, Shank. All right, our meeting shrapnel today, our number one meeting shrapnel is powder form of alcohol. So what y'all think about that one? Let me just say, okay, when I was new, now I was sober for three months and then went to prison. Okay, I'd only drank. When people would say things like the powder form of alcohol or the 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 smelly white alcohol or just like little catchy <laughs> kitschy things i had no idea i was not that sheltered okay i had no freaking idea what they were talking about at all and i'm like am i in the right place like i just freaking drank moonshine you know like yeah. what is happening here um so i had no well, idea what this meant it's as bad as non-conference approved substance right 
Yeah. Right. A, a, a little worse, but as yes. bad. But you know what? I want to say something. It's. I wish I could rescue some of my big book thumper brothers and sisters. Because unfortunately, a lot of those passionate first... That's why it's so important to be a three legacy member. Because they get on fire with the first legacy. And I always tell them, you go to a big book workshop, what do they tell you is the best tool besides the big book? A dictionary. A dictionary helped me. I have it saved for when I speak on this tradition. Alcohol, Webster's, a colorless, flammable liquid that is produced by natural fermentation of sugars and is the intoxicating constituent of wine, beer, spirits, and other drinks. And then I ask them to look up drinking. Like, there's no such thing as a powder form of alcohol, period. Well, and let yeah. me say this too, like I am someone that I do not get bent out of shape if someone says cocaine from the podium. If me they neither. said, right. I say also it. did cocaine, I also did meth, like please tell me so that the rest of your talk, I'm not sitting there like trying to <laughs> rack my brain, have I ever heard that? What are they talking about? Yeah. Like it does not offend me in the slightest. There was a time that I was at a, a homeless shelter meeting and it, they said it was an AA meeting and all the guy talked about was crack. And in the middle of his talk, I have a new girl with me. I have someone else that isn't that sober with me. And about 15, 20 minutes in, he looks at me because I know my face is just like, what is happening? And he looks at me, he said, what's wrong with your face? What's wrong with your face? You know, and the <laughs> new girl sitting next to me is like terrified. Like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And turns out two weeks later, he was arrested for crack. Like, that man was not an alcoholic, mm. you know? Uh, so, yeah. who cares? I don't care that people are in AA and they've done drugs. Yeah, just that they the have truth. other addictions. I don't care. Like, it does not, I, it's very confusing to me. So, the powder form I just of want alcohol, people to tell this story in a way that if somebody's only an alcoholic, they would identify. identify. I don't yes. censor people's stories. That's right. Whatever they did while they were drinking, one night stands, crashing cars, fighting with bouncers, doing cocaine. Yeah. If it's a party of story, it's a party of story. But That's I right. want the alcoholic to be able to identify with what it says in the doctor's opinion that when you start drinking, you cannot stop. Well, yeah. it's not your That's... life story either. I'm getting us way off track today, but it's not your life story. And our book tells us exactly what we're supposed to do. It's not tell your life story from when little Susie was born to every single thing that ever happened to me or that I did. And then I have 10 seconds to be like, oh yeah, and then I got sober in AA. My life is perfect and amazing. The end. <laughs> yep. People will use that... <laughs> that uh that comment in the doctor's opinion where he he writes that in any form at all alcohol in any form at all they'll they'll say they'll claim that like a drug or something is any form of alcohol and it's just not true uh, there is actually and, one conference approved pamphlet for cooperation with professional community work yep where actually defines form as liquor beer That's wine right. gin yep yeah yep. But I did some outside issues, Shank. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, people, I mean, yeah. Oh my goodness. It's, right. it's, it's as good as I acted out on old behavior last oh. night. That doesn't oh, sound yeah. that old. Right. That sounds <laughs> sure doesn't. Current. Sounds recent. <laughs> current oh. behavior. Right. So what do about? you all want, do you all want to keep powder form of alcohol or scrap it? Bill? Scrap it for me. Scrap, Shank. Okay, it's out of here. I don't want to give that. All right, what's next? All right, <clears throat> our next meeting shrapnel is my disease is an inside job. <laughs> Where does you think, this Billy? stuff come from? Oh my God! No, uh, it's it's because it, it, people add to that. My disease is doing push-ups. No, God's <laughs> doing push-ups with me. Like, like, I'm I'm fine. You know, if I'm connected, um, all these things about you know, 
Henrietta Seibling said one of the best things ever about AA. It's not the Rotary Club. It's not like other organizations where you're just doing good. We're here because we're dying and our life is at risk. Yeah, I would scrap that right away. Well, and it's not even true. What does it mean? My disease is an inside. We're probably should follow Bill's lead, not even think about it, just move on. But what does it mean? Well, that's the thing. Do I need to study this, figure out what it means, figure out what I need to change inside of me? I don't have the power to do that. Maybe other people do. I don't. I need to take some actions and I need to be talking to a sponsor, working the steps, helping other people. And at some point, yeah. I have changed. Yeah. You'll hear I think people, what I don't you- like about it the most is we never use the words allergy and obsession anymore in in meetings that's right and so if you want to tell me that once you stop drinking there's no alcohol in your body and now your problem centers in your mind i'm with you yep and if you tell me that you need to work the steps so that you keep the obsession away that's fine but when you say my disease is an inside job, you're inviting someone to go to the self-help section at the bookstore. That's right. To figure themselves out. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll see people expand on this saying that my disease made me do it. You know, and uh, no, your, your selfishness and your self-centeredness made you do that. Not, not your disease. And it, I don't know, it, it kind of implies the self-help or it implies that it can be fixed with a pill or some kind of a procedure. You know, the book's pretty clear that we suffer from a malady. I don't know. It's, uh, I'm scrapping it. Bill, you already scrapped it? I already scrapped it. it. I'm scrapping it. All right. It's out of here. What's next? All right. Our third meeting shrapnel is I have alcoholism, not alcoholism. This one was, wasn't this emailed to us or texted to us by somebody? This was texted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, listen, I'll, <laughs> Go I'll, for I'll, it. I'll fall on the sword and volunteer. Jump in. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the same people who I see say this don't like if I say I'm a recovered alcoholic, right? Bingo. And yep. I wonder, like... If, if what they're trying to say is I'll always be an alcoholic, well, just say that. Mm-hmm. Just say I'll always be an alcoholic and, and, and that's fine. But this attachment to alcoholism creates people to believe that if you suffer from the ism, that might have something to do with you being an alcoholic. And what I tell people all the time is, I have a lot of people who work for me. You know what they all have in common? A hundred percent of them. They have some ism in their life. You know what 90% of them don't have? An allergy to alcohol and an obsession. What is an ism? What does yeah. that mean? So, some people would tell you it's an I, self, and me, right? They would oh, go Wait a yes. minute. I've never oh, heard yeah. that. Oh, that is yeah. amazing. I could go on about it. But, you know, um, it's well, it's in the world of, I'm not even going to say the words because I can't stand them so much. Yeah, it, it um, I don't know. To me, it implies that, like, I'm never going to get better. I'm also, I'm always going to be, like, sick. I'm, and I just, I mean, I just, that's not how I was kind of taught. And the people that I followed believe that you do get better, that you do recover. Right. And I, I don't know. It's weird. I, I heard this lady give a talk one time at a conference and she literally talked for about 35 minutes on all of her different isms. And it was it was just kind of bizarre and i'm like well no that's not an ism that's uh, we would call that a character defect well no that's not an ism that's your selfishness your self-centeredness and your fear and i'm like 
why don't you just use the right words? But she was talking about all these isms she had and that she was never going to get better and that she was just an alcoholic and that's just the way things are. And I think this just kind of breeds that, that, that type of, you know, kind of, I don't know, fear-based, you know, I'm never going to get better type, type thing. Shank, have you ever used this one? No. <laughs> no, you sure? I've also never said anything about isms because I have just never understood that. And when I got here and the entire time I've been in AA, you know, I just, I don't get an out for my behavior. Yeah. So. <laughs> it goes completely against what I believe to my core, which is that my internal malady is not caused by anything outside that's right and for me to start giving excuses for behavior i can own it or not own it and maybe it's going to take me longer to own it but you're right it's character defects yeah are you keeping it or scrapping it i'm scrapping it <laughs> i'm scrapping it Shank? all right Three for three, they're all out of here. And now I know where everything I hear bad in a meeting, I can send it to and at least get, get some feedback. Oh yes, please. please. We've got a long list. We're trying to we're trying to cut through it this season. It's always fun to hear something you haven't heard. I have not heard the ism I self we. Would you say I self me? I, I self, self and me. me. I S M, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's on the list one. now. Well, we have to add that to the list. Mm. Oh my goodness, Billy! We appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience. With of us. course, I appreciate you having me, and thank you for your service. This is awesome. Yeah, it's been really good. And uh, remember, if you're out there listening, we've got—I uh, don't know—nine more traditions to cover. And uh, I will listen. Bill's going to listen, and remember: try to be free. Freedom. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment, suggestion, or just need help, you can email Shank and Wayne at freedom at alcoholicsalive.com. Remember, we're recovered members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but we do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous, nor do we get paid. Join us next week for another great episode. <laughs>